Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Stacey Hunky. She is an author, a speaker, and talks about influence. And I was fascinated to do some research for this podcast. And I think everyone who listens, whether they're a business executive, whether they are a C-suiter, whether they hope to be one day, whether they just want to be a better employee, it's going to be a fascinating podcast. So Stacey, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. today. I enjoy doing this. Thank you for trusting me with all your followers. So could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? That kind of fell into it. I was in radio out of college. I wanted to be the next Katie Couric. And apparently that did not work out because I'm sitting here with you right now. Did a lot of corporate work, always around training and development. Landed a job where I was an MC. We, we did many conferences in a year and I would be the introducer, right? I would kick off our conference and introduce the speakers. I started to hang on to their shirt tails because I thought that looks like a lot of fun. I want to be able to do that someday. Then they had a couple of other corporate gigs. And one of them in particular was as a consultant, delivering presentation skills training. And I never got it, Tom. Like I never understood why would I teach someone how to stand up and present when they don't do that every day. And that's when it really clicked. And I thought influence is so much about how we present ourselves every day, that it's so much deeper than just delivering presentation skills. And then 19 years later, we'll be 19 years this August, I started Stacey Hunky Inc. A couple of stops along the way, but it was really to help people recognize how do you really come across rather than what you believe to be true, and then being able to work with them like a, a golf coach or work with them like a tennis coach on really rebuilding what they thought was true on how they came across versus getting them to a place that really has influence more consistently. Stacy, many of the listeners to this podcast are compliance officers. Some are chief compliance officers or other compliance officers. Typically in compliance, the only re- real currency you have is influence. Yes. You can't tell someone what to do. You have to work with every corporate discipline. You many times have to be a mediator. Many times you have to get different groups to do things because you don't have the resources, either headcount or budget to do so. And there's really not too much discussion of influence within the compliance profession. So I was extraordinarily thrilled to have you come on and talk about this. And you have a ton of resources on your website. So I've had the chance to look at some of those, but I was wondering if we could start with consistency. Why do you see consistency as so critical to influence? And I've studied influence a lot, and I don't think anybody talks about it in quite the way you do. And I'm sure everyone that's listening right now can relate to how many times have you seen someone in one way, and then the stakes are high, and suddenly they turn on their A game, and there's someone totally different. When we start messing with how we show up consistently, and that means everything, Tom, from does your body language, your, your messaging, you know, what people see through this tile these days, is it consistent with your messaging? Do you show up the same way Monday versus Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Because when you start messing with who shows up every day and not just showing up, but who stays showed up during these interactions, people start guessing. They're just going to start to guess, well, who do I get today? And the minute they start guessing, that's when we start messing with trust. 
And you and I both know that trust is a backbone to influence. If people like you, they'll listen. Well, there's no influence though to that. But when they can really start respecting you and trusting you, that's when influence comes into play. And it's a lot easier, Tom, even on yourself to just be the best of you, however that is, the reputation that you want to stand behind every day of the week. You can only do that, though, if you are consistent. Something as simple as two as sometimes you follow up in 24 hours in an email. Oh, sometimes it takes you over a week without anything. And it's just crickets when it comes to communication between you and whoever sent you that email. It's just not reliable. To me, being in the virtual environment now, Tom, I don't know if you feel the same way, is having influence through the eyes of your listeners is harder than ever before because we're hearing this Zoom fatigue and we're on so many more calls and we're constantly in front of this camera all day. It's making it that much more difficult for you, your delivery, and your message to stand out so people remember you long after the conversation has occurred. For all those reasons, Tom, that's another reason why consistency is so important. Why do you think it's so important to practice in private what you want to be in public? Oh, huge, huge. I've been sharing this story. I don't know, Tom, if you saw. This was last April. I'm in Chicago. Huge, huge Michael Jordan fan. And he did the documentary Last Dance. So if if your listeners haven't seen it, put it on your your to-do. And in that documentary, Jordan talks about how he would do 1,000 shots a day, 6,000 a week. He went on to say what gets practiced in private gets rewarded in public. And that's what we talk a lot about in the training and the mentoring that we do is it's about deliberate practice. It's thinking through every time you get on one of these calls to say, okay, this call, I'm only focusing on my brevity. Next call, I'm going to stay connected so that listener feels like I'm there with them. Next call, I'm going to really shorten down and be brief so I've got brevity. It's thinking through every time that you show up is an opportunity to practice this whole idea of influence, which comes through your communication skills. Now, I look at Tom, what we do is we're all athletes to some degree. And an athlete is in this game mentality of however they practice is how they're going to perform. The difference, though, is we don't have that practice, 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 perform. It's more practice as you're delivering and the practice itself in the moment of a conversation is where you're really going to develop that influence. So once upon a time, I uh, made a presentation to senior management and there were several others there. And CEO of the company said, I didn't uh, not pleased with this. and I'm going to critique your performance. And several of the people said, well, we didn't know we were being critiqued, to which he responded, you're critiqued every time you talk to me. Bingo. And it seems like that is a part of consistency for the non-senior leader, for the non-leader, for the person, the employee. Would that be a fair assessment as well? Oh, so true. Because if you think about every time you turn, now living in this virtual world, is every time we turn this camera on, or even if you don't turn the camera on for a couple of conversations in your day, your brand is being represented. Your name is on everything you do. That's the lack of consistency if you know you and I have a call after this and you, I come across totally different. Well, you're so going to guess my trust, my genuineness. I think trust also ties to authenticity. And the fact that you know, you're inviting people now to your home, I think you just have to be thinking through how would you show up in a boardroom? It's the same concept here because your name is still on everything that you do. So that really brings something I wanted to, to follow up on, which is the virtual world that we all live in now. How can you have this sort of influence 
virtually that you may have had personally when we were all working in an office, or at least uh, we could go meet in an office? And something that my team and I did when this all went down, we really took a step back and said, all right, let's just brainstorm. Let's write it down on how do we influence, how do we interact, how do we engage when we're in person? We got it down on paper, Tom, took a step back and looked at it and said, you know what? We can do all of that here because my goal is to make you feel like you're sitting in the same room with me. So much of it is how much they can see of me. You know, so many times people turn on their cameras and it's just this way up, right? And I always say to them, well, you would never go in a boardroom and set your head on the table. Like it's the same concept. You just got to take a step back and think about, well, how would I behave in a boardroom? It's the same concept here. What we lack, though, is brevity. We don't know where to look. We'll be looking at our side monitor. We're trying to quiet down the dogs off in the corner. (laughs) Our eyes, we're just all over the place. The third is we show up on these and we just data dump. We don't realize how critical now more than ever it is to interact so that you can adapt your message based on where your listeners are in that moment. I haven't worked for someone other than myself for a long time. But when I was in the corporate world, the absolute bane of my existence was meetings. So I was extraordinarily pleased to see that you gave three very cogent, simple, direct strategies to help make, I thought, meetings better, but you were directing them towards individuals. So I was wondering if you could share those with us, just because I still find meetings to be the bane of my existence. Yeah. You know, and some of those from the book has changed a little bit now in the virtual environment because we're experiencing this in my company too. When you hop on, it's such a great opportunity to really build the relationship. So I was always preaching, Tom, you really could do this in 30 minutes. I'm starting to think, depending on the call and the objective of the call, it might be a 45 minute. Either way, it's putting the commitment into your listener's lap and really now start with open-ended questions. I'm not talking about how are you doing? I mean, we've all been sitting in this virtual platform for 12 months. (laughs) How do you think they're doing? But really asking questions that are going to open up for you to figure out where are they? You're going to let them drive the conversation. To get through this whole Zoom fatigue, if you've got control of your calendar, at least some control, I really cushion five, 10 minutes on a good day in between my calls just so I can recap, give closure to what I just did, and now mentally prepare for what's next. Simple things like getting up and walking around, even if it's a quick two minutes in between a call, if you could do that. Taking a little bit more control of your calendar. I've I've got another client that says certain people on their calendar, she can go outside and do a walking call with them. Like, awesome. So I think it's finding variety in not only how you're going to deliver these meetings, because most of us are feeling that Zoom fatigue, but you've got to keep your listeners in mind too. How are you going to make it different, interesting, so that they are with you, but they don't lose that attention? I'd like to ask you about a couple of the service offerings you have. One is uh, CEO mentoring, but I'd like to contrast that with your workshops for teams of employees and really ask you to, to talk about those because a lot of people say that they can mentor a CEO. Not a lot of people come in and say, I can make your team better. So yeah. could you talk about both of those? Yeah. When we, this a little bit of extreme difference with both, because if we're mentoring a CEO, it's just me and them for a period of time. I believe that momentum and repetition is really the master of any skill. You, you have to keep doing it, right? That deliberate practice. 
usually that CEO is coming to us because they've reached a point in their career where no one tells them the truth anymore. Anytime that they're asking for feedback, they hear, that was good. Nice job. That was great. And coming from an outsider's point of view, someone that lives and breathes this material, they appreciate the fact that we tell them how it is, give them some practical how-tos, or they've reached, sometimes it be a COO who's going to be a CEO. And they have found that the gap there, Tom, is this ability to really communicate a message, especially now with uncertainty around all of us. That's another form of communication, to be able to communicate certainty during uncertain times. So the one-on-one mentoring with a CEO is very, very specialized to where they're at and what's their why, where do they want to go. When we do workshops, it's very similar to the need is usually, I don't know how to do this. This virtual environment is different, or no one's ever really told me the truth. I don't know how I come across, or I want to go here. I just don't know how to do that. And if you think about communication and you talk about it, it seems a little fluffy because we've been doing it all of our lives. Unless someone has really stepped in and said, all right, let's take a closer look to what your listeners really see in here rather than what you believe to be true. Whether, Tom, we're doing mentoring or we're doing workshops, we do a lot of recordings. We just have people record themselves on their phones over and over and watch it to evaluate, all right, where's my baseline? Where did I start? And how far do I have to go to where where I want to, what I want to accomplish when it comes to my influence? I'd like to now turn to your most recent book, because you're a multi-book author, Influence Redefined. Why did you write this book and who was it written for? Yeah, I wrote it and it was just years of experience of so many times leaders saying to me, I don't know how I come across or I've been told how great I am. I've been given all this false feedback. I need to know what is not working for me. And it's so much like an athlete's mentality, Tom, where if you've been professionally playing tennis for years and you've never had feedback, you only know what you know. So this whole idea of we don't know what we don't know is really where executives came out of the woodwork with us and wanted us to work with them. What I realized was there's a whole different definition of influence. Most people believe it's something that you turn on when you need it the most. It's the high stakes podcast. It's the high stakes board meeting. And suddenly, okay, now I'm going to put on my A game. And it goes back to Tom, what we, where we started this interview. It's about being consistent. And I was so surprised at how be working with CEOs and VPs and they would you know, be sitting there in a room, just me and them and saying, I don't know how to do this. No one's really taught me how to do it. And I realized what a disconnect there was between how they felt when they communicated rather than what they believed to be true. Now, as much as Tom, who's the book for, as much as the company, my company works with leaders, you know, that VP, director and above, sales professionals is another hot one for us. We tend to specialize in anyone that has a leadership role. And it's that individual who is at that point where they're ready, they're ready to grow. And they get that whole power of the more I invest in myself and how people perceive me, the more trust I can build, the more people follow me, and it's more that I can lead these conversations and interactions. Could you tell us a little bit about your influence model? Yeah, everything's built around a a model, right? (laughs) And if you can imagine a triangle, on the outside of the triangle, there's what I call three key drivers. And I really believe that this is the backbone that is common sense, but not common practice. If you look at the outside of the triangle, right, you've got feedback, deliberate practice, and accountability. 
I've touched a little bit on that feedback where how many times have you been told that was good? Nice job. We walk around life with this false feedback. Feedback is what's working, what's not working, what can you change? How are you going to change it? But you can only build the feedback on that second key driver. And that's the practice swinging the tennis racket over and over until it becomes more automatic. And finally, feedback and practice. I think that's the easy part, Tom. The tough part is that third driver, which is accountability. I know for myself, I cannot improve or enhance my influence without coaches in my life. And it's the same for anyone else. Because you know, if, if you've ever hired a personal trainer or a workout buddy, and if they're standing on your doorstep at 5 a.m. to go for the run, you're getting out of bed and you're going to go. Like you just don't dog those people. And it's so surprised how many of us don't ever put development on our calendars and commit to it. So that, that's the where we start with individuals to get that rolling so they can just start that on their own long after we complete our work with them. Inside the model, Tom, are several elements that lead up to this whole idea of influence Monday to Monday. Let me change the subject just a little bit. We are now, oh, it's March 15th. One year, at least since the state of Texas shut down, what has really changed your approach, if any, about influence? You touched on the virtual that world that we're now in and how you help people communicate influence or use their influence virtually. Anything else that's really changed yeah. your approach in the past year? Yeah. You know, it's definitely, I, I see influence more important now than I ever did. And I've always obviously believed in it, but now I'm just seeing how the lack of consistency where we're all put into this virtual environment. And it was the assumption of, well, I know how to do this. I communicate all the time. And people realizing that all of their communication and strengths and challenges that are appearing in this virtual environment were always here, Tom. They were always there. They were there way before last March. There's something about sitting in this tile that magnifies it. So in addition to working with a lot of our individuals on this virtual presence and how do you connect and engage here, we're already getting requests, Tom, for, okay, what's the next step? If that next step is hybrid, where you, you could be in a conference room with two people, whatever it might be, and then you've got a whole nother virtual audience. Well, now, how do you influence in that environment? So I'm just seeing this build of we've been in person for most of our lives, and now we've got this opportunity to grow. Taking those two formats of how we communicate together, and that to me is going to just be the next area of opportunity for all of us. That may answer the next question that I wanted to pose to you. What do we need to be thinking about in terms of influence in really 2025 and beyond? Adaptability, being able to adapt, being able to not just adapt to the platform, but the people. And I'm already thinking about, you know, I've got some hybrid events, hopefully, coming up <laughs> later this year. And I'm already thinking about, gosh, so the experience for the person virtual with me versus the people sitting in front of me really has to be as similar as possible. That means we're going to have to adapt. I talk a lot about adaptability. Think you're not just adapting to the message, you're adapting to the platform where the people are. You're adapting to really think about and acknowledging where they're at. Because think about it, if you're virtual with me, but I've got several people in front of me, your experience could be quite a bit different. So we're going to have to wheel that all in and go back to where you and I started. And it's consistency. It's consistency of how people experience you in person and how they experience you virtually. So what's next for Stacy? Do you have a, another book in you or what's the next iteration? <laughs> you barely get the book out, Tom. And that's the question by everyone. 
oh, my, my mind's been totally going after you know being here for a year now in this virtual platform and the stories I would love to share of how I've seen some people turn on their cameras and what we've been working on. So yes, there's definitely a book there. Right now, the exciting part is we've been talking for years to go international and we've been able to break into that market. So that's our big focus is really thinking through how we can continue to build that platform, how we can expand our reach now to the gift of virtual. I mean, you can really look at it as as a gift to some degree, but there's a lot of opportunity there for us and just making sure that our message is staying relevant as every day, every month changes. Stacey, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information on you, any of the topics that you've talked about in this podcast and the book, where could they go? Yeah. And we are, we're so much about a resource right now, Tom. We're all over social media, not to sell, but to truly be there to just keep pumping all this information to all of you. And it's on our website. You'll find videos, resources. It's Stacy with an E-Y at Stacy H-A-N-K-E-I-N-C.com. So as a, now a consumer of your website, I wanted to thank you because, and our listeners should check out the videos because they're completely digestible. Three to four minutes, one or two points, and it's almost a sort of a daily or whenever you post them, a reminder of a lot of things. Yeah. I have a special bonus question for you, which is what is your workout routine? My workout routine? Oh, it's definitely how to get adjusted during this platform, right? In my my free time, I've been teaching fitness classes for, excuse me, 20 plus years. So this has challenged me to figure it out in my space right now. I'm a big believer, Tom, that to me, how I show up every day, if I'm going to preach influence, I better model it, right? And the only way that I can physically and be healthy doing that is a pretty vigorous workout routine. So it's everything from cardio to interval to a lot of weight training and counting the days down when I can get back to the gym. <laughs> I hear you. Well, Stacey, this has been a fascinating discussion that I hope perhaps in the future is as you expand or things change, I might be able to call upon you for yeah, uh, some you. additional guidance. Thank you. I would love to. I'd love to stay in contact with you and your followers. Thanks, Tom. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.